pray with you today. Amen. Yeah, at the end, we're going to just have time for anyone that wants prayer because that's something that God wants to do today. He wants to meet us, and it's exactly what Joseph just said, and, and it's, it, it's funny that he mentions that because that's even some of the things that the Lord showed me this morning. So it's incredible the way the Spirit of God works in each of us right, that we have the Holy Spirit, those of us who have received Jesus and his sacrifice and said yes to this, we carry his spirit inside of us, and that spirit of God dwells in us, and he speaks, and he moves, and oftentimes he's saying the same thing through many people in a lot of different ways, because he wants us to be able to hear And as we all know, each of us hear very differently, right? The way we communicate, the way we hear is very different. And that's the beauty of the body is that the Lord could say something through Joseph and then say it differently through me and then say it differently through Tom and then say it differently through Mike and it would hit different people in different ways. And that's why the entire body is so important that we all be sensitive and moving with the Holy Spirit I'm amped right now. I don't know (laughs) if you are, but I'm so excited because of the day that we're celebrating and what we get to talk about today. And my the question was going through my head: Why are you here? Why are you here this day? Why are you here today on Sunday? We have a cross, and we're singing a bunch of songs about celebration. But why are you here? Is it a sense of religious obligation? My family made me come, or You know, if I didn't go to church on Easter, that would just look really bad. (laughs) And I I don't want to look really, you know, I got to at least come today. Or is there this sense inside of you that there is something more? There is something more. And you know it. You know it. You know it. We know it. We've been created with a knowing inside that there's something more than our ordinary lives. We each know it. I think even as I say it, you go, oof, I know that. I know that. I know that to be true. We're celebrating Jesus rising from the dead. That's not just a story that was made up that we just talk about. It is a real historical fact as well, not just biblically, historically proven. My husband's been saying this for the past three days it's just, I mean, just the two of us. He's preaching to me. Historically proven that Jesus, he's all into the apologetics, so he's, he, but all the, the there, it is historically proven that Jesus rose from the dead. And the fact is that there's people all over the world that believe in Jesus that are parts of other religions because he was historically a real person that did the things that he did. And it's known. But other religions often say, well, he was a great teacher. He was a master teacher. He was a prophet. They have all these other names for him to, because if we call him what he is, that means our whole life has to change. <laughs> so let me call him any other thing other than son of God. I'll call him a great prophet. I'll call him a really kind man. I'll call him a, a wonder. You know, he did wonders and signs and miracles. Wow, how great Jesus was. They can do that. They do that. They have Jesus in their, their books of religion. You know that he's in other books of religion? as a great prophet, but the crazy thing is, 
I don't know about you, but if I were to say Jesus was just a prophet, then I wouldn't be able to believe it because he claimed he was the son of God. So either he was a lunatic, lying prophet, <laughs> claiming to be the son of God, yet doing signs and wonders and all these prophecies, then he's a, a crazy man. So there only leaves me one choice to believe he is the son of God. And that's not the only reason why I believe that. There are many reasons, and I'm going to talk about some before we even get into the meat of this message, because this is so important that we realize that this is real. We're not just coming to Sunday service for an hour and a half to two hours just to check a box that we're doing the right thing. This is real. This is real. Christianity is not just another religion. I said this on Friday because it's been in me. It's not just another religion, and it's far from boring. Anyone who thinks that Christianity is boring, I would say you're probably not a Christian. You don't know the God I know if you think Christianity is boring or lifeless or this heavy burden yoke that you have to bear. Either someone preached to you a false gospel and you've been believing a lie about who God is and about the gospel, or it's just you just missed it because that's not true. Christianity is, number one, the most, uh, the biggest religion in the world. Did you know that? It's the number one religion in the world. Why do you think so? 2.38 billion people call themselves Christians. 2.38 billion people. Can you imagine if we were all living it? <laughs> the world would be saved. The world would be saved if we were living the type of Christianity that Christ died for. He died for something very specific. Anyone know? A any idea? Give me a, what, what was one of the things that Christ died for? Sins? Yes. Big one, right? He died for our sins. What else? Freedom from Sin, death, the grave. What else did he save us? Why did he die on the cross? Why else? Love. He loved us. Very, that's a key, <laughs> very big key. He loved us. Eternal life. This life isn't everything. We get to live forever with no end with him. He died to make that possible. We couldn't do that before. Sin separated us from him and meant that we were going to be eternally separated from him. And not only do we get this eternal life with him forever in perfection, glorious, like we, get, we get that after this life, <laughs> we get to live forever with him. Not only that, but right now in this life, he died so we could be free from sin. That we could have freedom, no longer captives. I said this last year, but do you realize that Jesus, before he died on the cross, he was preaching a gospel? Do you know what he said in that gospel? Because we always think that, 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 I mean, this is a huge part of the gospel, right, that we preach now. You know, he was preaching the gospel before he died. Anyone remember where it was? Well, yeah, he was, <laughs> it's written in the gospels. So Luke, oh, he's so, what a great man. 
<laughs> Luke's, Luke 4, so this was right after he came out of the wilderness. Luke 4, very beginning, before he's doing his signs and wonders, before he goes to the cross, he's been living a low-key life. <laughs> Jesus, the woodworker, making you know, chairs and tables, working with his dad, going to the synagogue, schooling people on the prophets and the law, right? But he's living a low-key life. He's not out there in public ministry. He goes into the wilderness, right? Gets baptized wilderness. And then here he comes. He comes out and he goes into the synagogue on Sabbath. And he, it says in Luke 17, the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is from Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah was a prophet Years and years and years before Jesus even existed, not existed, uh, was human in the earth. Isaiah prophesied this, and Jesus is saying, he opens up. Can you imagine? He walks into the synagogue, knows, okay, I'm about to start public ministry. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and power, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is power. Okay, if any of you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm talking about. So he comes in and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He just got baptized in the spirit. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to preach the good news. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Oh, of course, he's king of the earth, right? Just picture him, Jesus. Oh, so cool. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Shoo! Today, that son of God in the synagogue says, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Get ready, world. Because I've been sent by my father to proclaim that captives can be set free and I'm going to make it possible. Woo! Hey, I don't know about you. That gets me amped because I was bound. I remember being bound by sin. I remember being bound and burdened and lonely and angry. I mean, I had an anger problem. Those of you who know me now probably are like, what? Because I'm a really calm person now. That's Jesus. You don't just change those things on your own. Jesus died to set me free from the bondage of anger, and then he gave me peace. Woo! I'm excited about it. Tom's excited about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Very, probably more excited than I am. It's good news. And our lives prove that this is the good news. Our lives should prove that it's good news. I'm thinking just in our community, and I wanted to highlight some of these things. Just last week, a bunch of our community came forward and was testifying, or two weeks ago, because God was doing this testimony. We testify of what God's doing. I want to just share with you a couple of things that came out. This is God, it's something only he can do. Number one, for those of you who know or don't know, I contracted a virus in another country that was bloodborne, 
It left me in a wheelchair in 2014, 2015, and every doctor told me I would never walk again. Never. I couldn't get out of bed on my own. I had to be helped being fed. I had to be helped to the bathroom, and I was in excruciating, bone-breaking pain from my shoulders down 100% of the time. There was no cure, no vaccine, no medicine, nothing that could touch the pain. They actually call it an unknown disease because they can't figure out how it works or how to fix it. Hey, that sounds like a pretty hopeless situation, right? So there I am, lying in bed in excruciating pain, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I believe in God. He's healer. I've seen him heal. And then month after month after month after month after month, I'm not getting healed. And I go into depression, have hopelessness. You know what happened? God was testing my faith in the waiting. On August 15th, 2015, the Holy Spirit says to me, Wesley, go run, and I'll heal you while you run. How foolish. I can't even walk. I'm in a wheelchair. What did I do? I grabbed my sneakers. I put my sneakers on, and I hobbled in pain down the road in an attempt to run because God told me something. His spirit told me something. And as I hobbled down that road, tears streaming down my face saying, God, you said, if I run today, you will heal me. And I had been bedridden. I could not get out of bed for months and months and months and months and months. And then all of a sudden, all that pain left my body in a moment, and I ran a mile, zero muscular atrophy. I was completely, 100% healed in a moment. That is not a medical anomaly. The doctors did not heal me. Medicine couldn't heal me. Every doctor gave me hopeless news. But God, do you know that salvation, the word in Greek is sozo, and it means saved Healed, delivered. Not just salvation, eternal life, which is amazing. Our God's even better. He's even better than giving us eternal life. He said you get to be saved for eternity, healed now and delivered now. What? Come on. He healed my body. And it was a sign and a wonder, even that I didn't have muscular atrophy from staying in bed. My muscles were completely fine, so much so I ran. And on that run, people got healed. You guys have heard this story a million times. In our community, do you know that people have been healed from cancer? Miraculously healed from cancer. Only God could do it. Two people from extreme food allergies. Stu Greener. And Bobby, where they could not eat, Stu showed up at our house saying, I need healing. I can't eat. Do you know what happened? We prayed, and a week later on his birthday, he was eating pizza and carrot cake. Come on. Bobby, had ex she couldn't even be in a room with cand certain candles on. The smell causing her to break out in hives, all food she had. Anytime I knew her and eating, she was eating plain chicken with green beans. Literally, that's all she ate. She couldn't eat anything. You know what she's eating now? Huh? Unseasoned, nothing, zero, just maybe salt. You know what she's eating now? Ice cream, DQ, bagels. Come on. Come 
And you can light a candle. Come on. Depression. So not, not just physical healings. These are just a few in our body alone. Mira- miraculous healings that could, were not happening. People were living in sickness and pain. And God stepped in because he said, the cross, sozo, saved, healed, delivered. Woo! <laughs> Come on. Not only that. Y'all know Allison. She testified two weeks ago. She's lived with depression her whole life. Every winter she goes into a dark depression. You know what happened this past winter? No depression. She testified this was the first winter that she did not experience depression because she was set free at Women's Encounter last year. Our world is telling us that depression's just part of you. Anxiety, part of you. Yeah, I have depression. Yeah, I'm anxious. Yeah, I have nerves. No. Well, maybe true, but God, the cross is The cross was for your healing and deliverance. Joe testified last week or two weeks ago how he was healed from drug addiction in a moment without any withdrawals. He was delivered from demonic torment, harassment from the enemy. Guys, this is real. This cross means a lot. Saved, healed, delivered. And we have access right now through Jesus. He tore the veil. He made a way so that we can all come and drink. Hey, you need healing? Come to the cross. (laughs) Declare the cross. I'm healed. He healed me. Hey, you need deliverance? You're suffering at night? You can't sleep, you have depression, anxiety, heaviness, like Joseph was saying, loneliness, the burdens we bear that Jesus died to set us free from. And for some reason, we believe the lie that we have to keep living this way our whole lives. Oh, yeah, I just, you know, I just, the sickness just must be my lot in life. God, you know, he even pulled the God card. God must have done it. He must have something for me in this. No. No, 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 no. That is a lie. Sozo, saved, healed, delivered. Sorry, I'm yelling. That's why I'm pulling the mic away because I know it's a little much, but I can't help it. I can't. We've had people delivered from pornography addiction, anger, anxiety, nervousness, a lifetime of heaviness and torment completely free completely free. I want to say today, there's freedom for that. Whatever it is that is your that, there is freedom for that. There is freedom for that. There's freedom from doubt. There's freedom from unbelief. You wrestle with doubt or unbelief, there's freedom for that. You have sickness in your body, there's freedom for that. You have anxiety, nervousness, depression, there's freedom for that. There's freedom for that. And every believer needs to have greater revelation of this freedom so that we can go into the world. Stop being so focused, right? Right here. (laughs) That we can go into the world and shine and say, hey, do you know there's freedom for that? I got freedom. I know there's freedom. Oh, you have anxiety? There's freedom for that. 
Oh, you have depression? There's freedom for that. Oh, you are sick with an unknown disease that you can't walk anymore? I'm here to tell you, so-so. There's freedom for that. He died so you could be healed. Woo! That's why we celebrate the cross. This is not boring. If you think this is boring, then I don't know what you think is fun. Seeing people healed, signs and wonders, miracles in the earth, living in the power of the Holy Spirit, which he gave to us. That same one, Luke 4, 17, he said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. You know what he's given us? By the cross, his spirit, that same power, Holy Ghost, inside of us. You know what Romans 8 says? I'm not even looking at my notes. I hope I'm hitting everything. You know what Romans 8 says? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead, folks. In case you didn't realize it, the Holy Spirit shows up and resurrection power brings Jesus back to life. That was the Holy Ghost. And Romans 8 says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. Whoa! Resurrection power. Do you know what happened when Jesus got raised from the dead? The whole earth shakes. Can you imagine that? Like a massive uh, earthquake happening. You know what else happens? Tons of dead people are raised to life again by the power of the Holy Spirit that just came from Jesus, from raising him. That power lives in me and lives in you. What? Resurrection power. And it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and is now bringing life to your mortal bodies. There are many lies that we're surrounded with all day, every day, from our culture, from the world, from the enemy, that is saying that we have to live depressed, anxious, broken, hiding, shameful, with guilt, and it's a lie. It is, like my mother would say, it's a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> it's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. The truth is Jesus came for a reason more than just eternal life. That was like a, an amazing thing. But then he said, not only that, you get to be free from sin. You get to be healed in your body. You get to be delivered from any burden. What? I like to whisper. So I'll start whispering instead of shouting. He came to set captives free. He came to set captives free. This is good news. This is great news. And if you haven't experienced it, the reason, I think the reason why we don't explode is because we haven't really experienced the fullness of this power. Because if we did, we'd be like the disciples. Do you remember what happened in Acts 2? They saw Jesus ascend. They saw him as a resurrected Savior, and then they see him ascend to heaven. And then they go to wait in the upper room. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they go out and they give their lives to death for the gospel. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to know the fullness 
to experience the fullness and have to erupt. I can't hold it in. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry, right? That's what people are saying these days. Sorry, not sorry. I can't hold it in. I don't care what you think. Jesus healed my body. I couldn't have done that on my own. He did it. He saved me. He set me free and filled me with joy and love and peace and hope. And I have to tell people about it. And I'm feeling more now than ever that this is the time for us to explode as the church, to shine to the world that's looking on. It's now. It's now. I'm like outside and I'm thinking, okay, Lord. Who's needing healing? Who's needing healing? Because I've got the power of the Holy Ghost inside of me ready to explode. And I believe it. I don't think it's fake. I've experienced it. It's real. I'm going to end today with two quick things. You're like, yeah, right, Wesley. Two quick things. Everyone knows, I had, okay, so last night I had a dream. I was saying, God, you know, we had, there's so much. I love talking about the cross. I love talking about resurrection power. But I said, God, like, what do you want to say tomorrow? And I'm like really mulling it over because I'm not one that's just like, well, I'll just make up something and make sure I have something ready. Like, no, I will come here unprepared just saying, Holy Spirit, help, Holy Spirit, help, because I want to say what he's saying, right? So last night I'm still saying, okay, God, I have nothing Am I supposed to speak? Is someone else supposed to speak? And then I make a joke to Joe and Kate, and I said, we need to pray for dreams tonight, that there be revelation, and I just say this joke. Then I have a dream of today's service, and the Holy Spirit says through someone in the dream, read Matthew 19. And I'm like, okay. So I wake up, and I'm like, I don't know what Matthew 19 says. Let's see. Well, how amazing. Everyone remember the story of the rich young ruler? Okay, Matthew 19. And someone comes to him, so this is verse 16, he says, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I might obtain eternal life? So first of all, he doesn't recognize Jesus as son of God. He's calling him good teacher. And Jesus addresses that. He says, why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wa wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Because Jesus hadn't died yet, right? Okay. But... Jesus is also getting at the heart of the matter with him. He says, then he said to him, which ones? There's a lot of commandments, let me tell you. Hundreds of them, not just the ten. They had a lot of laws. And Jesus said to him, you shall not commit murder, not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I've kept, which I, am I still lacking? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell all your possessions and give them to the poor, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Okay, the ultimate thing, come be my disciple. But when the young man heard the statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Oh, gross. His things got in the way of eternal life. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished, and they said, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, with people this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Okay. Jesus was not saying, work your way into heaven. He was getting at the heart of the matter. Something in this man's, this young man's heart was at the center, and it was his wealth. It was his material possession. And Jesus asked him the core question, follow me, sell it all and follow me. You want, you want eternal life? Come follow me. He couldn't do it. The disciples are like, then who can be saved? None of us can do this. And Jesus says, with man it's impossible. The law was there to show us we could not do it on our own. We couldn't do it on our own. The only way it is possible is through the cross, through the sacrifice that Jesus made. He made it even better for us. No, I don't want your good works. I don't want you to try to do your best, and then I'll, I'll tally to see how good you've done. <laughs> Thank God! We would all be a mess if it was about our goodness. I don't know about you, but I would not be going to heaven. And I'll tell you, none of you would be either. (laughs) We would not be going to heaven if it was based on how good we were. Jesus said it's impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. He looked ahead, and then I want, I'm ending with this. You know, I love when preachers say that, right? I'm ending with this. You always know it's going to be like half an hour more. I promise it won't. Acts 2. The same question, we were talking about this. Jesus ascends, the disciples are baptized in the Holy Spirit. The whole place is like, glory is happening in Jerusalem. And the disciples are out there preaching the gospel. Peter stands up, he preaches the gospel. And in Acts 2, verse 32, he says, in the end of his preaching the gospel, he says, This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses, therefore having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself. 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Sound like the rich young ruler? He was grieved. He heard. He was grieved. They were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, brethren, what shall we do to be saved? Same question. What, now what shall we do to be saved? And he says to them, Repent. Repent, each of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for, for, the gi- for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for this promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, and as many as the Lord God will call to himself. Woo-hoo! This promise is for everyone. It wasn't, go do this, do, follow this law, follow this, do this. Now it's Jesus died. What shall we do to be saved? Repent. Repent. And receive the Holy Spirit. 
And that spirit who raised Christ from the dead is now going to live in you and empower you to live a spirit-filled life where you're not just living in this world to try to just get by, have a good job, have a house, have money, have kids. No, we're living for another age and we've tasted of it. We've tasted of the other age in healing, in power, in signs, in wonders, in truth by his spirit. I've tasted of it and so now I'm living for it. My whole life, it's not something I have to strive for. I've given it to the Holy Spirit, and it erupts from the inside. I desire to give my life unto death for one man named Jesus, and I can't wait to see him at the end of all time. Woo! We get to see him at the end of all time. I delight to, and if there's anything in us today that says, I don't feel that delight. You know what, I, you know, you're talking and I can tell you're excited, but I really don't understand why. I don't really, I've never felt that excitement or that, oh, yes, I want to give my life unto death. If that's you today, that's what we want to pray about because that's not what Jesus died for. Jesus died so that we could have life and life abundantly right now. Sozo, saved healed, delivered, saved, healed, delivered. You have loneliness, depression, anxiety, sadness. You don't like yourself, rejection, trying to fit in, whatever it is, the lie. The lie says this will be your life. That's a lie. I'm here to tell you right now. I'm going to shine a big flashlight on it. That's a lie. You don't have to live that way anymore. And all it takes is one step to the cross and say, Father, I repent. I don't want this anymore. I lay it down at the cross, and I want to receive the free gift that you've given to me. Even if you've been saved, even, you know, how many, I said, what, 2.38 billion people call themselves Christians? I'm sorry, uh, I don't see that. I don't see that. Why? I think it's because we've been lied to. We haven't known the true gospel, the power of the true gospel, and let it transform us from the inside out. He can do it. If you're still sitting here saying, well, I don't know, I still think that this is just part of my life, Nobody can shift that for you. You have to say, no, today I'm choosing. Wow, this makes sense that the cross would be better than what we thought it was. That makes sense to me, that I can have fullness in this life now. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a step and say, no more. I don't want this other junk anymore. I want healing. I want freedom. I want this new life of joy, peace, fullness, just overflowing from your life. That where you go, people get saved, healed, and delivered. Who? You open up your mouth and people are, who are you and what are you carrying? Why are you different than me? That we start to go into the dark places and light, power, demonstration. That's why we get excited about the cross. That's why I get amped 
talking about Jesus and what he's done. There's nothing like it in the world. And we'll see.